Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new era of the weekender of the McCraig podcast. I'm Jerry Dade Sexton. I'm here with Nick Houseman. Nick, we have a game changer of a show today. We have the, uh, the more indictments of Donald Trump. We have Rudy Giuliani saying some of the most disgusting things that I could ever possibly imagine. We have a whole host of things. But today, for the first time, we are going to uh, feature in the Weekender calls, voicemails, and messages, questions from our listeners. I could not be more excited. Uh, I am I am positively vibrating at the, at the moment. <laughs> well, who knew? You set up a little voicemail line and uh, people will actually call in. It really is. You're right. It is very exciting. It turns out that people care about this show. It turns out that people want to be involved in this show. So you know what? Nick and I, we said we're doing it. So Again, if you want to get involved with that, go over to patreon.com slash podcast. we got a whole slew of things that we're going to get to. But listen, Nick, we have to talk about the big news of the day. We are recording this on Thursday, August 3rd. Um, just a few minutes ago, uh, former president of the United States of America, Donald Trump, appeared in a court in Washington, D.C. and pled not guilty to four more felony indictments. Um, these four, of course, are linked to the January 6th attempted coup. The list goes as follows, Nick. There is conspiracy to violate civil rights, which we got to talk about in just a second. Conspiracy to defraud the government, obstruction of an official, uh, obstruction of an official proceeding and conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Um, there is a lot of meat on this bone. This is a big giant mess. Um, I know, I know historical doesn't begin to cover it, but I have to say this is a, a pretty uh, historic moment. You know, it is. I will not deny that he's already been indicted. We've seen him get rung up a couple times already. Um, and so it was a little bit weird when you're listening to all the breathless historic moments and they're all trying to make this a weighted thing on the TV to get people to watch. Um, but but you're right. Th this one in particular was the one we've been waiting for. This one is the one that's particularly damning. And this one is the one that would have never come to pass. And it gotten even close had Donald Trump not intended to run again for president because Merrick Garland would never have gotten Jack Smith involved. And then we would never have been here. How crazy is that? It's wild. And, and that is what I keep sitting around thinking about again. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to underplay what has happened here, Nick, because a president of the United States was was charged with a post civil war <laughs> crime, <laughs> like that was that was put aside for the KKK during Reconstruction. Um, uh, Documenting in Mar-a-Lago just seemed kind of quaint and you know funny. It, he stole state, state secrets. Let's go ahead and restate what had happened because it, there's so much that has happened. There's so much criming that has occurred with Donald Trump. It's hard to keep track. This is a former president who stole state secrets. This is a former president who tried to overthrow an election and violate the civil rights of millions of Americans. And you look at this thing and you really start to try and wrap your head around it. Um, unprecedented again gets thrown around all the time but this is this is one for the books i'll, I'll just say that this is one that we're gonna we're gonna be chewing on for a long time oh i'm gonna have fun this episode because i'm gonna probably end up voicing a little bit of the rights uh the you know the 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 maga people's arguments uh in what they're gonna do in court because it's interesting and there are lawyers out there that you can hear that would probably take the case to defend trump 
in that sort of exercise of, okay, well, can we get him off? But I think that there's probably some lawyers out there that think that they could. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But again, Jack Smith has got a, uh, he kind of has that, he's got a horse and a lance. Is it a lance? What is it? A joust in his hand? And he's, he's galloping very quickly. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You got a lance with the joust. That's what you do. You joust. Always, I don't know how you feel about it. Whenever I see like the old movies with, with knights jousting each other, it seems like uh, not a great way to settle differences arbitrary or or just it doesn't it doesn't seem it just seems like not a lot of skill is involved it seems pretty dangerous all the way around i don't care for it but everybody it's 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 i i I would say this i would like to get rid of get rid of jousting i I, i'll i'll take that hard stance but this indictment nick i i i want to i want to talk a little bit about it um to go ahead and set the table Along with this, there are six unnamed co-conspirators. Um, the, the general consensus is that five of them have been identified based on information within the indictments. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, who we're going to have to talk about here pretty soon, unfortunately. Uh, John Eastman, again, the lawyer who cooked up the, um, again, heavy scare quotes around legal scheme, that Claremont stooge. Uh, we have Sidney Powell, who... I, I know like a lot of things get lost in the Donald Trump haze, Nick, but had months of just getting out there and trying things just really unlike most anybody else. We got Jeffrey Clark. We got Kenneth Chesabro. And then nobody really is sure who the sixth person is. There's a lot of theories out there. They have not been charged, which now starts to really beg the question, Nick, which is. What are these people doing in this equation? Because what you just said about the case that needs to be proved, you kind of have to show that Donald Trump knew that he was lying about the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. You have to also show the conversations he was having with all these people. I want to point out real fast before I get your thoughts on this, Nick, in none of this are we talking about any of these donors. In none of it are we talking about the people, again, who paid for this thing, organized this thing, put it together. I remain completely skeptical that we're ever going to deal with that. And I I still resent people telling me, just wait, trust the process. But these people who are now being named in this thing and have not been charged yet, um, again, it begs a whole lot of questions, does it not? Oh, it does. Um, And so there's also some interesting omissions of who wasn't included in this as well, which, like you alluded to, as far as the money, you always like to follow the money. For me, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of, um, well, well, first of all, in terms of state of mind, this indictment is just every point they make literally is buttressed with the next sentence saying that they told him he did not win the election. You know what I'm saying? Every other sentence is that. Just to make it clear, so it seems like they're going to be able to present an ironclad uh, case that at the very least, there were important people that were in charge of things telling Trump that he did not win the election. Right. Okay. So, so that's going to be something that, you know, is, is, pro- is provable in court. I, I can get that far in there. But what was interesting was it, it, I was compelled in the middle of doing this and going through all sorts of rabbit holes. I was like, okay, like who were the Congress people that w- requested um, pardons again? <laughs> that list? You want to know the list real quick? It's Matt Gates, Mo Brooks, Andy Biggs, Louis Gohmert, uh, Scott Perry, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, uh, probably more, but that, and Jim Jordan. A murderer's Row. Is what oh, they yeah. 
And so you have to think that other than maybe Matt Gates, who was probably just trying to cover his ass on some other things that he might be involved with, um, the other ones clearly were in these meetings and clearly understood that when it didn't work, they were now on the hook for some sort of coup light thing that they thought they needed a, a, a pardon from. That is very interesting to me. And that doesn't sound like maybe uh, Jack Smith doesn't want to go that far. I got to tell you, one of the things that I've been sitting around with, Nick, is that this indictment sort of sketches out a larger story. Of course, this is coming off the heels of the January 6th commission. Um, you know, we, we talked about the effectiveness of the communication of the January 6th commission. We also criticized, of course, the leadership of Liz Cheney and the, the framing of the idea that Donald Trump was a bad apple and a barrel that could be saved. The Republican Party was outside of Trump. He was an aberration that could go away. Again, in all of this, there is there there are notes in the indictment and john eastman is is one of the people that starts to speak towards this there's a gaggle of bozos around donald trump right and and we've talked about that there he he attracts these people who are on the margins of the republican party because most people are more than happy to use him as a battering ram but they don't want to get the stink on him, on them completely you know like and there's like this weird sort of uh layers to it like the people who want to get close to him the people who stay away from him it was throughout the Republican Party. And let's make it clear, if we're going to charge the United States of America is going to charge Donald Trump with these crimes, and by the way, they absolutely should, how can you make the argument that the Republican Party should still exist? At all levels, Nick, not just like the representatives, the ones who uh, you know were asking for pardons, the ones who went into the building after the attempted coup and continued to vote to support it. And on top of that, Ronna McDaniel, the, the head of the RNC, who was involved in a scheme that, by the way, we're going to talk more about these fake electors in a minute, the entirety of the RNC, the entirety of the Republican Party was involved in an attempted overthrow of the 2020 election. And, and I got to tell you, the indictment doesn't go far enough in that. It doesn't get enough into it. We're not having conversations enough uh, about it. We're still sticking with this idea that Donald Trump is, is, is the cancer on the Republican Party. He's the disease. If we can just get rid of him. And I got to tell you, this indictment, it feels like at times it starts to look at it and then pulls away. Do you know what I mean? Like it looks at the overall sort of infection of this thing. But I, I got to tell you, the, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, you name it, it still is not going the full distance. You know, it's possible that they're not going to, you know, uh, lay everything that they have out in the indictment. And there might be more they have. Uh, I, I would think that's probably known. But uh, as far as right fingering other people. So I'm sorry, pointing at other people, then um, that's you're right. You, they, if it was anybody big ticket like what you're thinking of, they would have had to have been mentioned that they get the indictment. So, yeah, um, you know, it, it really is too bad because, again, you know, there's enough people involved in this that should have known better. Do you remember how many congressmen voted to not certify the election after the insurrection? Mm -hmm. 147. That's a that's not a couple. no. After that, now, a few people who had pledged to, you know, honorably decided to go and actually, you know, affirm the uh, the election as it stood. And that was uh, good on them, I guess. Um, but Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, there were some senators out there, too, because remember, we'll, we'll get into some more details on how this all worked out. The, the most interesting thing to me about the indictment is the fake electors. 
Yep. I think the reason is because that's probably the easiest thing they're going to be able to prove and, and maybe up the chain, get all the way through. Because remember, the the fake um, these electors had these letters that were all written almost the same exact way across <laughs> six or seven states. Right. That which is w- w- it's uh, almost like it's an organized conspiracy and it always is. And, and by the way, but the indictments is pointing at the defend at the defendant, Donald Trump, as being the guy behind all this. So they clearly have, you know, Mark Meadows's emails, who clearly is, uh, a, a, you know, uh, a a cooperator in this they have they have the goods on that they clearly have ways of being able to prove i suspect uh that trump was involved in these decisions to do the fake electors and that's going to be you know as damning as anything you know uh the, the felony is i think maybe like five years but i'll, I'll take five years for, for doing that i mean at the very least do you think mike lindell feels left out do you think like uh, because listen he he came in with like a, a piece of paper that basically had written do something about this on mm-hmm. it and slipped it to Donald Trump. I think he so desperately wanted to be part of the intellectual conspiracy of this. And a reminder, this was a conspiracy top to bottom. This is where all of the money, all of the focus of all of these different groups. By the way, we haven't said the name Jenny Thomas yet on this show. So Let's just go ahead and say the name Jenny Thomas, just just you know for S's and G's. All right, you, I had a good joke on that, but that's okay. Uh, but I will say that my, it's a it's a it's a reflection on Mike Lindell that he couldn't even manage to get indicted on this thing. That's how unserious he is. But but like you said, the the person that really should be on this is is uh, Jenny Thomas. And I think that goes to what you're trying to say or what you are saying about uh, him not going to expand it to really just indict the government itself because. <laughs> There is evidence, right, right, that Eastman was a clerk for uh, Clarence Thomas. There is evidence that there's a notion that he got a sense what the Supreme Court would vote on as far as uh, if this got in front of them for the elector, elector uh, fake electors. And the only way that happens is like through the Ginny Thomas connection and all that stuff. So that is the interest. She's the one serious person. And you're talking about the money uh, as well that that should should have been probably wrapped up in this and maybe you know I, I, maybe that could happen later if maybe they give up more you know more of the goods but uh, that one was a little bit interesting to me that didn't that it didn't come out like that you've been listening to the free part of this episode if you'd like to hear the rest of this great conversation head over to patreon.com slash muckrake podcast and subscribe for lots more additional content including a discord server and live shows We'd really appreciate it if you could give it a try. We know you'll love it and come back for more.